Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, Adobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, it's Thomas Party. Welcome to this edition of Arsenal Audio Match Day program. Carabao Cup. Arsenal versus AFC Wimbledon. Wednesday, 22nd of September 2021. Kickoff, 7.45 p.m. The contents. Official voice. Around Arsenal. Player feature. Nuno Tavares. Community Voice Foundation Voice Academy Young Gun Around the Academy History Arsenal Women Visitors AFC Wimbledon Match Action Arsenal vs Norwich Match Action Burnley vs Arsenal And Teams Official voice, Per Mertesacker. Every issue, we hear exclusively from significant figures at the club on our official voice pages of the programme. This issue, we hear from Academy Manager and former captain of Arsenal, Per Mertesacker. Good evening and welcome to Emirates Stadium. It's been more than three years since my last captain's notes, so it's really nice to have the opportunity to get in touch with you all again. I've been in my role as our academy manager pretty much since I retired from playing, and I have to say it's gone by really quickly. I've always been passionate about football, about youth development, and about getting the best out of everyone both on and off the pitch. When I was growing up, the key element from the start was being authentic and present. I had to be reliable, and I was willing to learn. I learnt those traits from my family background. You need to work hard and smart to become a better person and a better academy manager. That's what I'm striving to do every single day. It's something I've learned from my parents, who are still parenting me on a daily basis, when they can. I have my own little family now, but that will always stick with me. The values they gave me are critical to me learning and developing as an academy manager. You learn every day, and when you're constantly trying to make a difference, the time flies by. From the beginning, I was really privileged. I was offered the role by Arsene Wenger and Ivan Gazidis. I want to play my part. I want to be present and give everything I have to make sure that all our youngsters get the needed development on the football side and on the non-football side to be strong young gunners and to ride any challenge in life. That's our mantra, our vision. And that's what I try to implement every single day. 
I came in with a vision and tried to prepare myself for my next journey. I asked myself what I wanted to bring as an academy manager and how I could implement the knowledge I had through my experience of working with young players, observing how they conducted themselves. I took that on and thought about the stats around how many of these young players will make it in professional football. You never know how long you'll be a professional for. It could be one year or it could be 15 because anything can happen. The average now is around seven years. So it's about feeling the responsibility for all the players who start at under nine. And to be honest, even those in the pre-academy to make sure they have a very good experience and development in order to make sure they're equipped for what life brings. That was the starting point. We came up with four pillars that we wanted to progress with. For the football pillar, it's about what makes an effective team player. It's about how we measure players by what they do on the pitch, but also how we measure them in terms of lifelong learning. That's also a pillar. You have to put education first and have a hunger for personal development, while also making sure that you're a student of the game. The third pillar is about the physical things, specifically making sure you're as efficient a mover as you can be. It's about getting your football actions right and maximising what you do on the pitch in terms of the movements a football player needs to have. The fourth pillar is really about mindset. We call it champion mentality. Not everyone will necessarily lift a trophy, but it's about your mentality and dedicating every single day, every month, every year to your development and making yourself the best person you can be. That's champion mentality. The ones who have that will be successful in football and in life. We try to measure around these four pillars and make sure that the players have a target that they can work towards for each of them. That's how we started the journey. We have obvious examples of strong young gunners that are now in the first team. And we also have examples who haven't made a professional career, but have still been able to use their experience and development to get outstanding GCSE and A-level results and open themselves up for the market that's out there. I could mention various examples of strong young gunners. From the outside, the focus is always on the first team. So you naturally discuss the likes of Bukayo, who rates highly in every single one of those four pillars. But there are, of course, other players who fit that too. Tom Smith is a goalkeeper with the under-23s. Tom studies and puts himself in the best possible position to be successful. When a young player gets called up to train with the first team, it can happen in a variety of different ways. Mikel and the first team assistant coaches obviously know all the young players, so they may reach out and ask for a certain individual to join the group. Alternatively, they might reach out and ask for players in different positions. Kevin Betsy, our under-23s coach, manages the link to the first team assistant coach to manage that transition to whoever deserves that chance to get picked through a combination of their performances and their attitude. Sometimes you'll have a whole under-23s group called up to shadow an upcoming first-team opposition. It's similar during the international break, and it's then about making an impression when you have the opportunity to train with the players who are still at London Colney. There are many opportunities. Players want to make an impression the first time they go over, even if it's a bit nervy. You only stick when you do something consistently and are really committed. That's the challenge for all of our players, because the academy is in a really good place, with good facilities and good pitches. You should never take that for granted. 
I really feel that this is an exciting time to be part of our academy. We have a first team pathway, which is very positive, motivational and inspirational. It's important to remember that you can take different routes to reach the first team here. Some youngsters are given their opportunity through a loan move, and some do it through coming through the age groups. Bakayo went through the roof. He played for the under-18s for a few months, then went up to under-23s, and ended up progressing to the first-team dressing room fairly quickly after that. But not everyone is like that. There are different pathways and you need to find your route to get there. Some may play in the under-18s for two seasons, and then move on to the under-23s, before getting an opportunity to move on loan to a League 1 or League 2 side. It may be that you get your chance in the first team after five, six or seven years, or you move on to another professional club where you're equipped to make the difference because you've been constantly developing and evolving to maximise your career. You get players like Dan Ballard, whose development we are really proud of. He was nearly released twice. To come back, work his way up and create a new pathway for himself, I'm just so proud of him. He's now a reliable defender playing international football for Northern Ireland and scoring for Millwall in the Championship. It's brilliant to see. That's an example of staircasing. Taking your time in our system, because there will be a pathway for you if you perform at the right time. There are many different ways in which I'd like to see the academy progress. After these three years in the position, I've realised how big a project this is for me. It's not going to be achieved and completed in three years. It has a longer cycle. It's a 10-year cycle from when a player starts at under-9s and finishes in the under-23s. The academy has always been in a good place. It's always produced and has always been at the forefront of trying to move forward. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to change everything, but I want to make a difference for every single person who enters the academy. Enjoy the game. Around Arsenal. Under 23s thrash Chelsea. Arsenal under 23s produced a remarkable performance against Chelsea on Saturday. Kevin Betts' team scored three goals in the first 23 minutes before our defender Omar Rekic was sent off. But the young gunners brushed off the setback and rattled in a further three goals to eventually win 6 1 with Chelsea's consolation coming in the last minute of the match. There will be more on this match in the Tottenham programme, but in this issue you can read all about Mikael Biereth, who grabbed a hat-trick in the match. Carabao Cup rules and regulations. This evening's fixture will go straight to penalties should the scores be level after 90 minutes. You'll also notice our squad for this evening's fixture is smaller than is the case for Premier League fixtures. This is due to the Carabao Cup regulations permitting us to name no more than seven substitutes. The winner of this evening's tie will find out their Round 4 opponents tonight, with the draw scheduled to take place following the completion of Manchester United's fixture against West Ham United. All fourth-round ties will take place during the week commencing Monday, October the 25th. Carl's new contract. Young goalkeeper Carl Hine has signed a new long-term contract with us. 
the 19-year-old who made his non-competitive first-team debut in July in the pre-season match at Hibernian, was also a member of the first-team matchday squad six times in the Europa League last season. Hein is a full Estonia international and has now made ten appearances for his country. He made his full international debut in September 2020 in a Nations League match against Georgia and most recently was in fine form to keep a clean sheet against Wales earlier this month in the nil-nil World Cup qualifier draw in Cardiff. No VAR tonight. Tonight's match is not being shown live on television and as such VAR will not be in use. Iconic image. In the print version of the programme, you will find a picture of David Rowcastle, taken 31 years ago at Plough Lane, and this has become synonymous with the legendary Rocky. This image, which has become so iconic over the years as we've celebrated the tragically short life of David Rowcastle, was from a win against Wimbledon at Plough Lane on August the 25th, 1990. Giving a thumbs up to the crowd, those present watched a victory that set the ball rolling in a championship winning campaign, one in which Rocky was so instrumental. You can find out more about it later in this issue. John Chalice Arsenal Football Club were deeply saddened to hear of the death of John Chalice at the weekend. John, who was known and loved by the nation for his portrayal of Boise in Only Fools and Horses, was a high-profile, lifelong supporter of the club. Our thoughts are with John's friends and family at this very difficult time. Jimmy Greaves Arsenal Football Club were greatly saddened to hear of the death of Jimmy Greaves. We will feature an obituary in the programme for our game against Tottenham, one of the clubs where his goal-scoring feats were so legendary. There will also be a minute's applause for Jimmy before Sunday's game. Get your handbook. The official Arsenal handbook is back for another season. Containing all the essential information you have come to expect from this long-standing title, first published in 1894, it's your must-have guide to the season. Packed inside this year, player profiles and portrait pictures for each member of the first-team squad, accurate and in-depth career stats for every player, all the stats and facts from the 2020-21 to 21 campaign. Details of every cup and European game the club has played, as well as every league season. Profiles for every youth player, Arsenal Women FC player and member of the coaching staff. Plus season previews and much more. The handbook is available now exclusively via the My Arsenal Rewards Hub, accessible via arsenal.com and the official Arsenal app. Ticket news. Home. Arsenal vs Tottenham Hotspur. Premier League, Sunday, September the 26th. Kick-off 4.30pm. Live on Sky Sports. This is a Category A fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 50 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are currently on sale to Silver, Red, Purple, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Crystal Palace, Premier League, Monday, October the 18th, kick-off 8pm, live on Sky Sports. This is a Category B fixture.
My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 100 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are currently on sale to Silver, Red, Purple, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Aston Villa, Premier League, Friday, October the 22nd, kick-off 8pm, live on Sky Sports. This is a Category B fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 100 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are currently on sale to Silver, Purple, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Tickets will go on sale to Red members at 10am on Wednesday, September the 22nd. Arsenal vs Watford, Premier League, Saturday, November the 6th, kick-off 3pm. Date and kick-off subject to change. This is a Category B fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 100 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets will go on sale to Silver, Purple, Cannon and Junior Gunner members at 10am on Tuesday, September the 21st, 2021. Tickets will go on sale to Red members at 10am on Wednesday, October the 6th. Away, Brighton and Hove Albion vs Arsenal, the Amex Stadium, Premier League, Saturday, October the 2nd, kick-off 5.30pm, live on Sky Sports. This fixture is now sold out. Please visit https colon slash slash www.arsenal.com slash tickets on arsenal.com for up-to-date ticket information regarding all fixtures. Mana wins August Goal of the Month. Congratulations to Mana Iwabuchi, whose goal against PSV has been voted as our August Goal of the Month, presented by Sportsbet.io. The Japan international scored a stunning solo goal in the UEFA Women's Champions League, twisting away from her marker before firing into the top corner. Iwabuchi's strike finished with 64% of the votes cast, with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's against West Brom finishing in second place. Vivian Maidima's goal against PSV was just aged out into third place. Notice board. Happy birthday, girl. I'm still watching the Arsenal. All my love, Dad. Happy birthday for yesterday, Jez Saunders. Love, Sue, Lewis and Holly. Congratulations to Alfie and Jess on the birth of their first gooner, Arthur George Hobbs. LJ and Hogg, congratulations on your engagement. We can't wait to see you tie the knot, and we are so proud of you both. Love always, Kate and Kieran. Totaliser £245. Email noticeboard at arsenal.co.uk if you would like a message for a small donation to the AFC Foundation placed in the programme. Arsenal remembers Derek Harris, a lifelong Gooner and regular Highbury and Emirates attendee. Derek purchased chairs in Arsenal in the 1970s just so he could get tickets to take his son, Stephen, to watch his beloved Arsenal. Following the Arsenal will never be the same without him. Ron Carpenter, a loving father, grandfather and huge sports fan who introduced his grandchildren to Arsenal. They'll never forget the fruit shoots and penguins he bought as half-time treats to games at Highbury and Emirates over the years. We love you, Grandad.
Steve Bridger. A lifelong Arsenal fan passed away. A season ticket holder, he attended many games at Highbury and Emirates, even losing his wedding ring throwing the ball back to Robert Pires. Missed by his family and friends, always a gunner. Arsenal played Wimbledon 28 times, won 13, drawn 8, lost 7, in league football between 1987 and 2000. The two teams never played each other in cup competition. Leia leads the Lionesses. Massive congratulations to Leia Williamson, who captained England for the first time in the Lionesses' 8-0 win over North Macedonia on Friday. Beth Mead, who also started, completed the scoring in second-half stoppage time, with Lottie Woodburn-May and Nikita Paris coming off the bench just after the hour. Player Feature When Nuno Tavares took to the field for Benfica's comprehensive 5-0 Premier League win against Paco de Ferreira, in August 2019, he wasn't just realising his own dream. Brought up in a family of passionate Benfica fans, Nuno, in his own words, had no choice but to support Benfica. During his childhood and adolescent years, Nuno, along with his loved ones, would regularly watch his hometown team of Estadio de Luz. They were all present in the stadium for the Pacos de Ferreira match too. This time, however there was one notable change. Nuno wasn't watching with them in the stands. He was lining up in the tunnel, ready to make his first senior Primera Liga appearance. I could feel my heart beating so fast when I touched the pitch for the first time, Nuno remembers. It was unbelievable for me. I still remember the first time I watched the game in that stadium. The main feeling I had was an urge to enter the pitch. To be able to finally experience that feeling some years later was just so special for me. I can recall being really excited before the game. You know the atmosphere in that stadium, it's just amazing. It was pretty full. There were more than 60,000 fans there and they are all so loud. Honestly, they just don't stop and that makes it an amazing environment to play football in. I knew all about the noise because I'd watched matches there before. But when you're on the pitch and hear it, as a childhood Benfica fan, it's just an unbelievable feeling. When I look back... It's funny because I wasn't really nervous at all. I was just waiting for the sound of the referee's whistle and when it came, my focus was fully on the match and it showed. Playing at right back rather than his usual position on the left, it took just 26 minutes for Nuno to announce himself in glorious fashion. Receiving the ball 30 yards from goal, he took a touch before guiding a glorious curling shot right into the far corner. Estadio de Luz erupted. I remember speaking to my mum after the game and at first she didn't believe it had happened, Nuna explains with a smile. I had my mum, my brother and one of my best friends in the stadium. So that made it even more special. When we spoke after the match, they told me how proud of me they were. I could see the happiness in their eyes, in their actions and that, of course, made it even more special for me. Nina would go on to cap his eye-catching first home match for Benfica with two second-half assists. Still only 21, he has already made a habit of memorable debut performances, having marked his first appearance for us, a pre-season friendly against Glasgow Rangers, with a fine right foot finish. I felt good in the Rangers game, Nina recalls. 
it was a good game for me and for us. A good test. I think we had a good match and we learned a lot. I was so excited to score my first goal. Mikel Arteta was pretty pleased too. He had only been with us a few days but you could already see his qualities, his physicality and then the quality on the ball he has, our manager said of the Rangers game. He's integrating with the lads really well so it's a good start. He's a young player with great promise who has developed very well with Benfica in recent seasons and has also shown his quality by being part of Portugal's under-21s. Nuno's arrival gives the squad extra strength and options in defence, particularly with this energy on the left side of the pitch. Moving countries at a young age can be a daunting prospect for some, but Nuno is relishing testing himself in a new environment. And he can't wait to properly introduce himself to our home supporters. I'm just really excited to play more in front of the fans at the Emirates Stadium. As a player, you really, really miss having the fans in the stadium. It makes a massive difference. That's 100% true. At the moment, I have two friends who live here and come to watch the games. I hope my mum and my brother will be able to come this season, maybe very soon. They haven't been to the Emirates Stadium before, so it would be brilliant to have them here. I'm just so excited because it is a big club and for me as a young guy, it's a pleasure to be here. It's good for my career to begin at Arsenal. It's a big club and I'm very happy. There is a good project here with many young players. It's good for me. We'll learn and understand things together and that will help us evolve together. I want to help my team and do a good job and with the supporters behind me, I think I will do better for them and the club. It's easier when you have support. You're never alone with the fans behind you. Arsenal's Portugueses Nuno became the fifth Portuguese player to represent us in a first team when he made his debut against Brentford on the opening day of the Premier League season. The first was Luis Boamorte, who signed from Benfica's local rivals, Sporting, in the summer of 1997. A strong, speedy winger, Luis would go on to win the double in 1997-98 and made 37 appearances in all during his time with us, scoring four times. After a short stint at Southampton, Lewis enjoyed a successful spell with Fulham, where he currently works as first-team coach, helping the Cottagers to win promotion to the Premier League in his first season with the club, establishing himself as an important first-team player. Lewis played 166 times for Fulham in the top tier, scoring 26 goals. He departed Craven Cottage after seven years of service in 2006, joining West Ham, who he represented through until 2011, before closing out his career with A.E. Larissa in Cyprus, South African side Orlando Pirates and finally Chesterfield, then in League 2. Luis actually returned to Arsenal after retiring, playing in Legends matches against Milan Glory and Real Madrid and scoring at the Bernabeu. Following Luis was midfielder Amore Bischoff, who played four times for us in the 2008-09 season after signing from West German side Werther Bremen. Son of a French father and Portuguese mother, Amore represented Portugal under-21s while with us, scoring in his only appearance in a 3-1 win over Switzerland. Now 34, Amore is still playing, and after spending close to a decade in Germany, he recently joined SC Colmar in France. Amari wasn't the only Portuguese at the club at the time. After coming through the youth system, Rui Font... The younger brother of Euro 2016 winner Jose made his one and only first team appearance as a substitute in a 3-0 
League Cup win over Wigan Athletic. Like Amari, Rui, who was at Fulham between 2017 and 2019, is still playing and now turns out for Premier League side Estoril, having left Braga in the summer. Completing our Portuguese quintet is Cedric Suarez, who joined us in 2020 and marked his debut with a goal from 20 yards against Norwich at the Emirates Stadium. Cedric has since made more than 32 appearances since joining us from Southampton. Cedric, like Luis Balmorte, has represented Portugal on multiple occasions and was part of the side that won Euro 2016 in France. Community Voice Arsenal in the Community engages more than 5,000 participants every week. Each issue, we hear about one of our projects from their perspective. Derek from Islington is 11 years old and has been a participant on the Holiday and Estates Double Club programmes for more than two years. Here's his story. I joined the Double Club because I wanted to increase my football skills. I can now score free kicks. My mum always used to say, maybe if I was really good, they might ask me to play for Arsenal under-12s, or something like that, and could play in professional matches. When I started, my football skills were not as good as they are now. Maybe I can be lucky and be in the next generation of Arsenal football players. I remember being nervous before my first session, that nerve-wracking feeling of walking into a new space with everyone that's known each other for a long time, and me, just by myself. The first time I went, my friends weren't there, but the next time I came, my friends were there. The classroom part is fun, because I get to do English, and that is my favourite subject. It's made me rethink what to expect from football clubs, because usually at football clubs, it's football, 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 and that can be draining. But here you can go to the classroom, cool down and relax. I already knew some of the well-being and breathing exercises we learnt about, but I didn't use them as much as I do now. Now I use them when I'm feeling sad. Arsenal in the community have been helping other people in more need of help than me. I'm really lucky to be able to come here. I've made loads of good friends here, like Nathan, Matachi, Theo, Jack and a lot of other people. I'm a very social person, I say so myself, so I can't list all of them. Being part of Arsenal in the community means I have people around me to support me during these trying times. You know, 2020 and 2021, those years have been really hard, but I got to be around people that I know can support me. My parents can support me, obviously, but coaches like Joseph, Chris and Henry can support me, and other players can support me too. It's fun, because you know you're in a good environment. If you get the chance, you should join something like this, even if it's Tottenham. Seriously, you should join. It doesn't matter what club it's with. You should have people around you to support you. I think I was already nice, but now I'm nicer. Being around kind people means I have to be kind. It pushes me to be kind. The Double Club
The Double Club runs football and well-being programs in primary schools and community centres. For more information about the Double Club program, please email Henry Milton at hmilton@arsenal.co.uk. Foundation Voice. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation's emergency COVID fund supported Shomrim, a voluntary community patrol and emergency response service that distributed hot meals and supported frontline NHS workers during lockdown. Herschel Gluck, OBE, the president of Shomrim in Stamford Hill, tells us about it. I was born in Westminster, grew up in Hackney and was a rabbi in Stoke Newington. I used to love the fact that when Arsenal scored a goal, you could hear the crowd in the vicinity of the synagogue. My involvement with Shomrim, which now has many branches around the world, goes back to before its inception. We started the organisation because the police were underfunded and undermanned, and there was a lot of petty crime. People were nervous about going out, especially women and girls. We wanted to do something to assist people, so started community patrols, not to replicate or replace the police, but to help them. Also, we are not a Jewish police force, although it is in our remit as anti-Semitism is a crime. And over the past 10 years, 70% of the crimes we have dealt with have been assisting people outside the Jewish community. There is a strong social element to Shomrim, and we have always tried to help those in need. When COVID struck, we knew many people were isolated and lonely. We knew many people had underlying health conditions, and there were a lot of elderly people especially who were in a pickle because they were scared of going out. We organised hot meals, and our volunteers delivered them to those in need, as well as toys to parents with children to help relieve the boredom and tension at home. We did this for as long as we could and provided thousands of meals to countless people. We also supported frontline health workers, doctors, nurses, paramedics, auxiliary staff, with care packages. We felt they weren't just working hard, they were putting their lives on the line, so we gave them goodies like sweets, chocolate and cakes. We felt that more than just a clap, more than just air, they needed something they could get their teeth into. I have had many proud moments, but there is one person in particular who sticks in my mind, an elderly lady on a council estate who was alone, with no relatives, and really struggling with the isolation. She had no food, no help, and was at her wit's end. She contacted me, and we made sure she had a hot meal every day, and that someone was doing her shopping for her, whatever she needed. I'm glad to say she is alive and well and happy. Football clubs are huge international businesses, with fans in Asia, Africa, all over the world. But the core of the fan base, the most passionate, the most loyal supporters, are local. So it's very important that there is a two-way street and that there is a relationship between the club and the community. That helps make both stronger.
Academy, Young Gun. Mika Beareth. The basics. Name, Mika Beareth. Born London, 8th of February 2003. Joined 30th of July 2021. Position, striker. I've only been at Arsenal for a couple of months, but I'm really enjoying it here. And thanks to the coaching staff and my teammates, I've been able to settle in really quickly. It's been amazing so far. Everything is just done properly, even down to the canteen, where the food is packaged up nicely. It's a really good environment to continue learning and developing with my football. Before I joined, it was important for me to get a sense of what the club is about. When you look at Arsenal, you see a lot of youth coming through, both historically and now. You can tell that youth is at the forefront of the agenda, which meant a lot to me when I decided to come here. It's been brilliant to work with all the coaches at Arsenal, and I've really enjoyed my brief time with Per Mertesacker too. When I signed, I had to wait for my registration to come through, so I'd do one-on-one sessions with the strength and training coaches. Per would join me for those. He'd come and train with me, and I thought that was really cool. He's the head of the academy, but he's also come through as a young player, so he knows what you're going through. To have him take the time out of his day to come and join me really meant a lot. He goes the extra mile to make sure all the players are happy, and I really respect that. As I mentioned, I'm really grateful to all my teammates too, because they've all helped me to acclimatise. Joel Lopez, what a man. He's been brilliant, as have Hubert, Alex Kirk and Omar Rekic. But honestly, all the lads have been good to me and made it really easy to settle in. I've been playing more under-23s football since I signed for Arsenal, and I think the biggest challenge is the speed and the physicality. Chances don't change. When you get them, you need to score. But what's different is that you get fewer opportunities in the game. You've got to be quicker and tidier with everything you do. I feel like I've made a decent transition so far. As I mentioned, my teammates have helped me to settle and I've enjoyed playing alongside the likes of Kido Taylor-Hart and Amari Hutchinson. I scored my first goal for the under-23s against Palace and it came about from the three of us swapping positions. That was only our second game together, but it was really promising. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't relieved to score my first goal. Of course, winning was the main thing, but it was important for me to do that. I'm not going to relax now, I want more. But it's made things easier mentally, for sure. I've almost always been a striker, apart from a short spell on trial at Chelsea when I was still quite young. They looked at my athleticism and moved me to right back. I ended up leaving because I didn't really enjoy playing there. I went to Fulham, where I played as a centre-forward. I haven't looked back since. I was lucky at Fulham because I had a few brilliant coaches who really developed me. The one that stands out is Steve Wigley. He was my coach in the under-18s and helped me progress up to the under-23s. He gave me lots of tips and tricks on how to stay healthy throughout and on how to improve my finishing. There was another coach at Fulham, Dan Thomas, who brought me to the club. He fought hard to sign me. Things ended up happening pretty quickly for me when I went to Fulham. I made my under-18s debut when I was 14. At the time, I just remember hoping to play for the under-16s. There were some injuries in the 18s and I ended up getting 15 minutes at the end of the game. Everyone was twice my size. I think I touched the ball once because I had no time on the ball. After that experience, going back to the 16s felt a lot slower. I think that experience helped me and I was really happy with how things went last season, both individually and collectively. It was my second year as a scholar, 
and I knew that if I had a big season, I could burst onto the scene and achieve something with my football. Mika scored 21 in 21 under-18 games. To be honest, I don't get too hung up with stats because I know that strikers go through hot patches and cold patches. It's important to stay balanced. I just go into every game hoping to score, and then over the course of the season, those numbers tend to tally up anyway. Sometimes you can go three or four games without scoring, but then end up with a hat-trick in the following match. I just try to remain level-headed with that. It's funny because, while I'm not overly big on the numbers, my dad definitely is. In fact, he's kept stats on me since my first Sunday league game. He's got stats on everything, even down to the percentage of goals I've been involved in. He keeps an in-depth Excel spreadsheet. It's full of stats and goes all the way back to the beginning. As I've developed, my stats have become more official, so he doesn't need to keep as many anymore, because they're already taken care of. He just Googles it now. It means he's got a bit more time on his hands. Around the Academy Arsenal kicked off their EFL Trophy Southern Group F campaign with a defeat against Swindon Town at the county ground on Tuesday, September 7th. Our under-21s acquitted themselves well against the Robins senior team, unfortunately conceding the decisive goal through a Kiddo Taylor Hart own goal, following a cruel deflection in the box. Prior to that, 18-year-old striker Joel Idaho had equalised Mohamed Dabre's opener for the home side. And it was a beauty. Taylor Hart spread the ball out wide to the Dutchman, who faked to shoot on his right foot before switching the ball onto his left and burying a shot into the bottom corner. Dan Michike's under-18s kept up their four-game unbeaten start to the season on Saturday, September 11th, with an entertaining 3-3 draw at Southampton. In truth, though, the young gunners will have been disappointed to let a 3-1 lead slip, particularly with the Saints' equaliser coming courtesy of a last-minute penalty but there were numerous players who came out of the game with great credit. Making all the headlines currently is Kion Edwards, and he made it five goals in four games with a brace on the South Coast, while Amario Crozier-Dubry grabbed his first of the season, and the exciting first-year scholar also assisted for one of Edwards' goals. It was also a notable day for fellow first-year Bradley Ibrahim, who had made his first appearances since signing scholarship forms in the summer. Also on September 11th, our under-23s recorded an impressive 3-1 win over Manchester United at Meadow Park, with two goals from Florin Balogun and one from Charlie Patino. United fielded first-team squad members Dean Henderson and Phil Jones, and there was an interesting name in the midfield. Charlie Savage, son of Robbie, but the Gunners dominated from the very start, when with just one minute on the clock, Ryan Alibuisu put Balogun in to open the scoring. The 20-year-old striker made it 2-0 just before half-time, this time assisted by the young Dutchman, Salah Edin Olad Mhand. United pulled the goal back through Shola Shortai after a long ball upfield by Henderson, but the best was saved until last, courtesy of Patino in the last minute. The 17-year-old, who is attracting a lot of attention currently, made a fine tackle to dispossess a United midfielder in the centre of the field, switched direction and drove at the United defence, beating three men before delaying his shot until Henderson had committed and dinking the ball over him. A wonderful strike. Bittersweet for Ballard. Congratulations to Dan Ballard, 
who was our star loanee from the round of games over the weekend of September 11th. The Northern Ireland international central defender, who scored for his country against Lithuania earlier in the month, headed home an equaliser for Millwall at the Hawthorns against league leaders West Brom to earn Gary Rowett's team an excellent point. Former gunner Carl Bartley scored for the Baggies. However, four days later, in Millwall's creditable goalless draw at Swansea, Dan had to be substituted with what looked like a nasty cut above the eye that required hospital treatment, though hopefully the injury was not too serious. Other noteworthy performances by Ohlone's came at Welling United, where keeper Tom Smith was part of a winning penalty shootout in the London Senior Cup against Hanmore Town. Welling won 4-3 on penalties after a 1-1 draw in regular time, with the winning penalty scored by ex-Arsenal Academy striker Keelan Hines. EFL Trophy up and running. Arsenal under-21s will play again in the Papa John's EFL Trophy this season and they got their campaign underway with a 2-1 defeat at Swindon Town. The format features 16 Premier League and Championship clubs, fielding under-21 sides against clubs in League 1 and League 2, who are unrestricted on the team they field. The Premier League slash Championship teams play away from home. Last season proved valuable experiences for the Gunners, with trips to Ipswich, Crawley, Gillingham and today's visitors AFC Wimbledon. The competition was ultimately won by Sunderland, who beat Tranmere in the final. Arsenal are certainly going west for this season's competition, having been drawn against Swindon, Newport County and Plymouth Argyle. You can find the schedule of fixtures on the following page. The top two from each group qualify for the knockout stages and it's worth noting that a drawn match immediately results in a penalty shootout, with the winners taking two points and one for the losers. Capital Contests During the 1980s and 90s, Arsenal and Wimbledon produced some memorable matches. Arsenal historian John Sperling recalls four particularly significant ones. League Division 1, Wednesday, May 17th, 1989, Highbury. Arsenal 2, Wimbledon 2. Sitting a point behind league leaders Liverpool, with just two games remaining, George Graham's Arsenal knew that anything less than victory against the Dons in the penultimate game of the season would likely cost them the title. On a sweltering May evening, the Gunners began strongly and took a deserved lead when left-back Nigel Winterburn unleashed a thunderbolt with his rarely used right boot from fully 35 yards out. The ball flew past Wimbledon keeper Hans Seggers to send the majority of the packed-out Highbury crowd into delirium. But Bobby Gould's team, who'd lifted the FA Cup a year before, were obdurate opponents, and with tough customers like Vinnie Jones and John Fashionu in their side, Arsenal were always in for a tricky night. From a deft Dennis Wise cross, Alan Cork headed the visitors' equaliser. In the second half, Paul Merson swivelled in the area and crashed his shot home to give the Gunners the advantage once again. But Gould's men wouldn't be denied, and late on, young forward Paul McGee slammed the ball past Gunners goalkeeper John Lukic to tie the match at 2-2. The mood at the final whistle, as Arsenal players completed a lap of honour to thank the home crowd for their support during the season, was sombre. To all intents and purposes, striker Alan Smith admitted, 
We thought we'd blown the title that night. Wimbledon would often make life difficult for the Gunners over the next few years, but thanks to Arsenal's remarkable 2-0 win at Anfield later that month, not even their party-pooping performance at Highbury could derail George Graham's men's title challenge. League Division 1, Saturday, August 25th, 1990. Plough Lane, Wimbledon 0, Arsenal 3. Arsenal made a sparkling start to the 1990-91 campaign at Plough Lane, running out 3-0 winners. Throughout the match, the Gunners' pace and power was simply too much for the Dons. New signing Anders Limpar was the instigator of several Arsenal attacks, and he provided an assist in his first league match for the club when his beautifully flighted cross was headed home at point-blank range by striker Paul Merson. Unusually for a Wimbledon side, they failed to close down Paul Davis midway through the first half, and his drilled pass found fullback Lee Dixon marauding in yards of space down the right-hand side. Dixon's superlative cross was met firmly by Alan Smith, who doubled the Gunners' lead. With Arsenal fans having annexed much of the ground, an estimated 10,000 Gunners fans made up an 18,000 crowd, George Graham instructed his team to continue attacking after the half-time break. From a long forward punt by David Seaman, man a knockback by Alan Smith, substitute Perry Groves fired home from just outside the box late on to give Arsenal an excellent 3-0 win. We've set ourselves very high standards from the start of the campaign, explained George Graham, and I expect the team to continue to impress throughout the campaign. As for Super Swede Limpar, Graham said, we could have a new match winner on our hands. He was right on both counts. The Gunners maintained their high standards as they romped to the title, losing just one league match all season. Premier League, Saturday, November 2nd, 1996, Selhurst Park, Wimbledon 2, Arsenal 2. In a full-blooded clash between the country's top two, Arsene Wenger's Arsenal narrowly maintained their lead at the top of the Premier League, after a 2-2 draw with Joe Kinnear's side at Selhurst Park. After just 10 seconds, Gunners defender Steve Bold misjudged the ball's bounce, allowing Efan Ikoku a sniff of a chance. Despite David Seaman appearing to bundle over the Don's attacker, the referee waved away the Wimbledon players' protests, and the spiky feeling permeated through the entire match. Midway through the first half, Arsenal's new French sensation Patrick Vieira intercepted a pass on the edge of his area, surged forwards and threaded through a lovely pass for Ian Wright to run onto. The gunner striker, as usual, stroked home the ball with consummate ease. Arsenal were uncharacteristically sloppy in the lead-up to Wimbledon's equaliser, with Vinnie Jones left unattended as he headed home just before half-time. After the break, Wenger's side piled on the pressure. From a delightful Wright's layoff, Paul Merson slotted the ball home to give the visitors the lead once more. But with both sides going at one another hammer and tongs, Robbie Earl scrambled home his side's equaliser. At that stage, Wenger had officially been in charge of the team for three weeks, and with Vieira and Dennis Bergkamp, the only foreign stars in the team, these were the formative days of the French Revolution. After the game, he said, The passion and intensity of English football never ceases to amaze me. 
there was barely a second's reprieve during the whole 90 minutes. Premier League, Saturday, April 18th, 1998, Highbury, Arsenal 5, Wimbledon 0. Arsenal hadn't beaten Wimbledon at Highbury for almost a decade prior to this meeting, but with Arsene Wenger's men closing in on the Premier League title, the visitors' bogey team moniker was summarily dismantled during a ruthless performance from the Gunners. Goals from Tony Adams, Mark Overmars and Dennis Bergkamp gave Arsenal a comfortable cushion after just 17 minutes. In the second half, Wenger's men spent much of the time protecting their three-goal cushion, but following an intricate triangle of passes, the pony-tailed French star Emmanuel Petit scored his first goal in a gunner's shirt, slamming the ball past Neil Sullivan to put Wenger's men 4-0 up. With time running out, Liberian star Christopher Ray latched onto a David Seaman clearance and lobbed the ball over Sullivan to confirm Arsenal's emphatic 5-0 win. Earlier that season, Ray had broken his gunner's duck by scoring the only goal of the match at Selhurst Park as Arsenal won a rearranged match after the first contest in December was abandoned due to floodlight failure. The venue may have been difficult, but Ray's trademark somersault celebration was the same, and his vital strike against Bolton also helped ease Arsenal closer to glory as the season entered the finishing straight. Arsenal Women News and Reports from England's most successful women's football team. Medema makes history. Since our last issue, Arsenal women have qualified for the group stages of the Champions League and also maintained their perfect start to the Women's Super League. After taking a 3-0 lead from the first leg, the Gunners eventually won their final qualifying tie, 7-0 on aggregate, after a four-goal second-half salvo in the Czech Republic, and of those four goals, three came from the boot of Viviane Medima, with the hat-trick strike making it a century of goals for Arsenal from just 97 matches. Incredible! Her hat-trick hundredth goal really did come in the grand manner as she received the ball inside the penalty area and dummied a shot, forcing two defenders and the goalkeeper to fall to the ground before nonchalantly poking the ball into the bottom corner. There was still time for Kim Little to grab a fourth from the penalty spot after Nikita Paris had been fouled to send Jonas Eideval's team through to the group stages. The second Women's Super League fixture of the season also ended in a 4-0 away win, an eye-catching result against Reading, a team who traditionally give the top teams a real challenge. This time there were a rush of first-half goals, with Jen Beetle opening the scoring from a corner before Beth Mead continued her fantastic start to the season. The forward scored her third Women's Super League goal of the campaign with a first-time effort that rifled into the top corner with her weaker left foot. There was still time before the break for guess who? Me, Dima, to get on the score sheet. Set up by Mead after great work by Leah Williamson, who had brought the ball out of the defence beautifully. The duo, who the Arsenal women fans have dubbed me Demma, were on hand again to get the only goal of the second half. 
This time, Beth whipped a delicious ball into the box for the Dutch woman to head brilliantly back across the goal and into the net. Four goals and even more good news as two academy starlets, Alex Hennessy and Hale Hussein, were handed their full debuts for the club after impressing in pre-season. Next up in the league, Arsenal face the not inconsiderable task of taking on Manchester City, smarting from a shock loss to Tottenham at Meadow Park this Sunday with a 6.45pm kick-off. Arsenal draw Barcelona. The Gunners have been drawn in Group C of the Women's Champions League alongside Hoffenheim from Germany. Danish outfit HB Kog and current champions of Europe, Barcelona. Each side will play their group opponents home and away, with the top two from each pool qualifying for the quarterfinals. We kick off our campaign with undoubtedly the toughest game of the championship, a trip to Barcelona on Tuesday, October 5th. Yes, Viv. In our last programme, we highlighted that Vivian Miedema was on the verge of joining the very prestigious 100 Club. And, as you've read, she made it, with Kim Little also chipping away with goals in both legs of the Slavia game. The list of players with the special century reads as follows. Jane Ludlow, 211. Kim Little, 147. Leanne Sanderson, 139. Angela Banks, 133. Kelly Smith, 130. Julia Fleeting, 130. Kiara Grant, 102. Viviane Miedema, 102. Rachel Yankee, 102. 2021-22 fixtures. Home games are played at Meadow Park Boreham Wood Football Club. Home games against Tottenham on March the 27th is at Emirates Stadium. Matches kick off at 3pm unless stated otherwise. August 18, FC Oxepas, 4-0. August 21st, PSV Eindhoven, 3-1. August 31st, Slavia Prague, 3-0. September 5th, Chelsea, 3-2. September 9th, Slavia Prague, 5.30pm, 4-0. September 12th, Reading, 4-0. September 26th, Manchester City, 6.45pm. September 29th, Tottenham Hotspur. October 3rd, Aston Villa, 12.30pm. October 5th, Barcelona, 4.45pm. October 10th, Everton. October 14th, Hoffenheim, 7pm. November 9th, West Ham United. November 10th, HB Kog, 4.45pm. November 14th, Tottenham Hotspur. November 17th, HB Kog, 7pm. November 21st, Manchester United. December 9th, Barcelona, 7pm. December 12th, Leicester City. December 15th, Hoffenheim, 7pm. December 19th, Brighton and Hove Albion. January 9th, Birmingham City. January 16th, Reading. January 23rd, Manchester City. February 6th, Manchester United. February 13th, 
Chelsea, March 4th, Birmingham City, March 13th, Brighton and Hove Albion, March 27th, Tottenham Hotspur, April 3rd, Leicester City, April 24th, Everton, May 1st, Aston Villa, May 7th, West Ham United. Visitors, AFC Wimbledon, by Mike Hammond. Formed May the 30th, 2002. Nickname, the Dons, the Wombles. Owner, the Dons Trust. Stadium, Plough Lane, 9,300. Honours, League 2 Playoff winners, 2015-16. to 16. Formed in 2002, after the FA controversially approved a decision for Wimbledon to move to Milton Keynes and become MK Dons, AFC Wimbledon started in the Combined Counties League Premier Division and achieved five promotions to join the Football League via the Conference National Playoffs nine years later, before going up from League 2 to League 1 via the playoffs in 2016. Since their arrival in the third tier, the South Londoners have struggled to retain their status, but the 2021-22 season has started very brightly. Since the appointment of Mark Robertson as head coach last winter, Wimbledon have been transformed. With the accent on youth, the new boss has turned around a club that seemed destined for relegation last season. Not only did Robinson keep them up, he has also overseen an excellent start to the new campaign, with the Dons sitting in seventh position. Despite a disappointing run of pre-season results, AFC Wimbledon are riding high in League One, with three wins, three draws and two defeats, one nil away to Sunderland, and by the same score at home to Plymouth on Saturday. In their first two league games this month, Robinson's men beat early pace setters Oxford United 3-1 at Plough Lane, before sealing a remarkable 4-3 victory at Morecambe with a stoppage time winner. It was also a late, late strike from midfielder Anthony Hartigan that gave the Dons a 1-0 win at Northampton in the second round of the EFL Cup to secure this evening's clash. Having also won 1-0 at Charlton in the first round, AFC Wimbledon are through to the third round for the very first time. Indeed, this season is only the second since their arrival in Football League in which they have actually won a match in the competition. The club lost seven successive opening ties from 2011-12 to to 2017-18 to before breaking their duck at Portsmouth in 2018. They then lost in the next round at home to West Ham, the only Premier League side they have faced in the EFL Cup until now, before going down in first-round penalty shootouts to arch-rivals MK Dons in 2019-20 and Oxford in 2020-21. This season, though, as in League One, the story has been very different. The boss, Mark Robinson. Head coach, Mark's lengthy experience on the AFC Wimbledon coaching staff appears to have found due reward, as he has been a revelation since being appointed as the club's head coach. After a brief stint as caretaker in February this year, the 56-year-old 
had a number of roles at the club, most of them in youth development, after joining in 2005. But when Don's legend Glyn Hodges left in late January, Robbo was called in to steady the ship. He has done considerably more during his short spell in charge, guiding the team to League One safety and leading them this term on a run of impressive wins in both the league and the EFL Cup. Between the six, Nick Zarneff, born at Wellington, New Zealand, 23rd of December 1996. Previously, Brantford, Lewis on loan, Potters Bar on loan, Sutton on loan. The number one goalkeeper at Plough Lane since Mark Robinson became manager, New Zealander Nick has retained his place this term, both in the League One and EFL Cup sides, performing sufficiently well to earn himself a new contract earlier this month. A graduate of the Crystal Palace Academy, who started his career at Brentford, the 24-year-old has played international football at youth and full level, one cap for New Zealand. Wearing the armband, Alex Woodyard, defender, born Gravesend, 3rd of May 1993, previously Southend, Farnborough on loan, Braintree on loan, Dartford, Concord Rangers, Braintree, Lincoln, Peterborough, Tranmere on loan. An AFC Wimbledon player since August last year, when he joined from fellow League One side Peterborough, after spending the second half of the 2019-20 season on loan at Tranmere, Alex made 40 league appearances for the South Londoners last term, providing grit and industry to the team's central midfield as they survived relegation to League Two, finishing 19th. The 28-year-old won both the National League and the EFL trophy with former club Lincoln City. Carabao Cup hero, Anthony Hartigan, midfielder, born Kingston-upon-Thames, 27th of January 2000, previously Newport County on loan. Anthony has established himself as an important player in the heart of the Don's midfield this term, following a half-season loan at Newport County in 2020-21 that ended with defeat by Morecambe in the League Two playoff final. It was against the Lancashire club that the 21-year-old finally scored his long-awaited first league goal for AFC Wimbledon earlier this month, though it was his 95th-minute winner against Northampton in the EFL Cup on August the 24th that sat up this tie with Arsenal. Don's in the blood. Ollie Palmer, forward. Born Epsom, 21st of January 1992. Previously, Woking, St Albans, Lone, Boreham Wood on loan, Havant and Waterlooville, Mansfield, Grimsby on loan, Leighton Orient, Luton on loan, Lincoln, Crawley. A supporter of the old Wimbledon FC as a child, Ollie finally joined the AFC version in August last year, making the grade at League One for the first time in a career that has taken him on a tour of several non-league and fourth-tier clubs. He scored 27 goals in two League Two campaigns for Crawley Town before moving to Plough Lane, where his place up front is under threat this season from Brentford Loney Aaron Presley. Heart of the defence, Ben Hennigan, defender, born Manchester, 19th of September 1993, previously Chester, Motherwell, Sheffield United, Blackpool on loan. 
Ben joined AFC Wimbledon in November 2020 as a free agent after being released by Sheffield United, a former Scottish Premiership participant with Motherwell. The just-turned-28-year-old defender made no top-flight appearances in England with the Blades, instead spending two seasons on loan at Blackpool. He has developed a great understanding this season with fellow centre-back Will Nightingale and scored his first goal of 2021-22 in the 2-2 draw at Ipswich on August the 28th. The stalwart Will Nightingale defender Born Wandsworth, 2nd of August 1995, previously none. A one-club man who joined AFC Wimbledon's academy at the age of nine, making his first-team debut a decade later, Will was the club's player of the season in their Great Escape campaign of 2018-19 to and has been a mainstay in central defence over the past 12 months. He has found his scoring touch this term, setting a new personal best tally with his third league goal of this season in the dramatic 4-3 win at Morecambe. One to watch, Ayobasal, midfielder, born, Maidstone, 21st of January 2002, previously, Metropolitan Police on loan, Billericay on loan. A 19-year-old of Moroccan heritage, Ayub has been on AFC Wimbledon's books for the past seven years, making his first-team debut in November 2019, but not appearing in the league for the first time until March this year. New manager Mark Robinson has taken a liking to him, however, and he has been a regular this season, scoring in the opening day win at Doncaster and adding a spectacular late winner 11 days ago at Morecambe. The Loney, Henry Lawrence, defender, born, London, 21st of September 2001, previously Chelsea. Henry joined AFC Wimbledon on a season-long loan from European champions Chelsea in July. The fullback, who can play on either flank, has yet to appear for the Blues' first team, but is already an England youth international at under-19 and under-20 level. The youngster, who turned 20 yesterday, has settled in quickly at Plough Lane, making his Don's debut in the EFL Cup win at Charlton and establishing himself as a regular in the League One starting eleven. Scouting Report by Michael Cox Back in the 1990s, a fixture against Wimbledon meant Arsenal would have to be prepared for their most physical game of the campaign and be particularly alert when defending set-pieces. The new club don't have the reputation of their predecessors, but Mark Robinson's side are likely to offer a typical underdog threat in this camp tie. AFC Wimbledon have made the most tackles in League One and collected the most bookings too, but more significantly, they're a serious threat at dead ball situations. Centre-back Will Nightingale has scored three times already this season, all headers at set pieces, and would have had a fourth if Jack Rudoni hadn't helped his effort over the line against Oxford. Nightingale's centre-back partner, Ben Hennigan, has also chipped in with a headed goal away at Ipswich. Neither would be considered particularly cultured centre-backs in comparison to the opponents Arsenal are accustomed to facing in the Premier League, but both are dominant in the air. 
The set pieces are likely to be provided by central midfielder Anthony Hartigan, who struggled to get into the side last season and went out on loan to Newport, but has made a fine start to 2021-22. He scored a stunning free kick recently against Morecambe and is Wimbledon's leader in terms of assists thanks to his dead ball expertise and his teammates' aerial dominance. He's likely to start in the engine room alongside Alex Woodyard, a good ball winner. Robinson has generally used a 4-2-3-1 formation this season, although is capable of playing with two strikers. He's also used three centre-backs on one occasion for a 1-1 draw with Gillingham, and while a poor performance that evening means we haven't seen that shape again in League One, it might be an option tonight. Down the flanks, Wimbledon boasts speed and dribbling ability. At right-back, youngster Henry Lawrence has impressed by carrying the ball forward confidently, while the alternative, Che Alexander, is a good crosser. Both have been used on the left, whereas Nestor Guinness-Walker is another option. Wimbledon have plenty of attacking potential, particularly from the three players likely to play behind lone striker Oli Palmer, who has struggled for goals, but leads the line well. Energetic teenager Ayubasal has generally played from the right and scored a superb winner against Morecambe, while Depo Madube usually starts from the left and likes to cut inside and shoot with his right foot. Ethan Chislett has been handed opportunities in the central attacking midfield role and has impressed with his technical ability. It's also worth remembering that this tie will go to penalties if it's all square after 90 minutes, and goalkeeper Nick Zani has a decent record of saving penalties. He credited the club's analysts for their preparation after he saved a last-minute spot kick against Northampton last season. USP Starters and Finishers Wimbledon are unique in having a dedicated substitution coach who focuses solely on preparing the players on the bench who are termed finishers rather than substitutes by the club. Clearly, Arsenal must be ready for some lively contributions from them. Match Action Arsenal vs Norwich City Arsenal 1, Norwich City 0 Arsenal scorer, Albama Yang, 66th minute Saturday, September 11th, 2021 Emirates Stadium Timeline 7th minute Albama Yang shoots wide 45th minute Tomiyasu volleys over 66th minute Albama Yang taps in from close range after Pepe hits the post. 86th minute. Smith Rowe has an effort saved when well placed. Talking heads. Pierre Emerick Albama Yang. I'm really happy. When the fans are here, you feel them. This is a great feeling, and we are happy to win this game. We've needed the fans for a long time. Personally, I'm just happy that they are here. This always gives you something as a plus. I think it's a bonus. When you're a player, it gives you energy. Mikel Arteta Emotionally, it was a difficult game to play. After three defeats, you come here sitting bottom of the table and have everything to prove. But I thought the boys played with tremendous character, a great attitude, and right from the beginning, you could see what we wanted to do. 
we had periods in the game, and overall, I think we deserved to win the match. Facts Takahiro Tomiyasu made his debut, becoming the 885th player in our history. We had 30 shots, the most in a Premier League game for us since taking 33 against Manchester United in December 2017. Aaron Ramsdale became the first English goalkeeper to appear for us in the Premier League since David Seaman in May 2003. Match action. Premier League, Saturday, September 18th, 2021. 3pm, Turf Moor. Burnley 0, Arsenal 1. Timeline. 30. Saka is fouled on the edge of the area and Odegaard fires home the free kick. 45. Smithrow shoots from over the edge of the area. 59. Ramsdale saves well from Cornet. 69. Burnley awarded penalty for foul by Ramsdale but overturned after VAR intervened. Talking heads, Ben White. We knew it was going to be a tough game before we came here. Obviously, it's so hard and the two big boys that they've got up top are difficult to handle. I think clean sheets are really important. If you get that, you've got a good chance of winning. We've got the quality up front, so if we're keeping a clean sheet, we're always going to win a game. Mikel Arteta. It was a hard-fought win, like it should be when you play Burnley away. I think we started the game really well. We played some fantastic passes and you could see a lot of the things that we want. We should have scored more. We had some open chances to score and then we lost control of the game a little bit. Facts. This was Mikel Arteta's 50th win as Arsenal boss in his 92nd game in charge. Martin Odegaard scored our 40th direct free kick in the Premier League. Aaron Ramsdale is the first goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet in each of his first three appearances for us since Wojciech Chesney in 2010. Emil Smith-Rowe makes his 50th appearance. Teams. 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 For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, red and white hoop socks. 1. Ben Leno. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. Ben White. 5. Tomasz Party. 6. Gabriel. 7. Bukayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Emile Smith-Rowe. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu 19. Nicolas Pepe 20. Nuno Tavares 21. Callum Chambers 22. Pablo Mari 23. Albert Sambi Lokonga 25. Mohamed Elneny 26. Follerin Balogun 30. Edian Kitia 31. Seat Kalasinak 32. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper 33. Arthur Okonkwo, goalkeeper 34. Granit Xhaka 35. Gabriel Martinelli
For AFC Wimbledon, head coach Mark Robinson. Blue shirts with yellow trim, blue shorts and socks with yellow trim. 1. Nick Zanev, goalkeeper. 2. Henry Lawrence. 3. Daniel Solka. 4. Alex Woodyard. 5. Will Nightingale. 6. George Marsh. 7. Che Alexander. 8. Anthony Hartigan. 9. Oli Palmer. 10. Ayo Basal. 11. Ethan Chislett. 12. Jack Rudoni. 15. Jack Maidlin. 16. Dapo Mubude. 18. Nesta Guinness Walker. 19. Aaron Presley. 21. Luke McCormick. 22. Ben Hennigan. 24. Alfie Bendel. 30. Paul Kalambai. 31. Zaki Ula, goalkeeper. 32. Darius Charles. 35. Ethan Sutcliffe. 36. Luke Jenkins. 37. Paul Osso. Referee, Jared Gillett. Assistant referees, Liebet. Konstantin Hatsidakis. Fourth official, David Coote. Tonight's other fixtures, 7.45pm unless stated. Brighton and Hove Albion versus Swansea City at 7.30pm. Chelsea versus Aston Villa. Manchester United versus West Ham United. Millwall versus Leicester City. Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Tottenham Hotspur. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. for racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere, and we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it, and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League, Arsenal. Amazon Original. The Grand Tour presents Lockdown. New special. Watch now. Prime Video. Take your seat. Sky Sports. Feel it all.